From the Financial Times in London, I'm Ravi Mathu, and this is FT News. Cryptocurrency is booming, and some of Silicon Valley's biggest investors are looking to join the rush by backing a $1.2 billion initial coin offering by the secretive messaging app Telegram. Joining me to discuss the story are Chloe Cornish, the FT's San Francisco correspondent, and here in London, Jonathan Guthrie, the head of our Lex column. Chloe, let me start with you. You broke the story. Tell us what these big-name investors are up to. Some of the biggest names in Silicon Valley are trying to join in with this initial coin offering. We've got Kleiner, Perkins, Colvin and Byers, Benchmark and Sequoia Capital. These are investors who were, you know, some of the first into companies like Google and Amazon. So they're very wealthy, very influential and um, something that people here in the Valley and around the world are watching to see what they do with their money. This ICO or initial coin offering is being launched by Telegram. Telegram's an encrypted messaging service. It's very popular within the cryptocurrency community. It's got around 170 million users, which is quite a few. And these investors are excited and piling in for a couple of reasons. One, as you mentioned in that introduction, there's a lot of excitement around cryptocurrencies just generally. I mean, we've seen prices of virtual coins like Bitcoin and Ether increasing thousands of times over the course of the past 12 or 13 months. So there's that element of wanting to be there with what some people are seeing as a mega trend. Some people think is maybe a speculative bubble, but it's too much of a risk to not be playing in that game if you're an investor like this. Telegram is a brand name. It's been around for a while. It's had a bit of a controversial history, uh, has been associated with communications between terrorist groups. But there's lots of people who want to use it because it's a very secure way of communicating. It was born in Russia, but the team has now moved to Dubai after a couple of years of wandering around the world. An initial coin offering, which is what Telegram is launching, is a way to kind of crowdfund money that became very popular last year with early stage companies. So Telegram's a little bit unusual in that it has a track record already, but it's never taken outside funding. So this, again, is something quite unusual. Telegram wants to create a virtual economy inside its app, which its 170 million users would therefore be almost automatically plugged into. That's something that makes it very attractive for investors. So what are these investors buying in an initial coin offering, I guess, is something you might be wondering In an initial coin offering, you buy virtual coins, which will be used eventually in the app, in this case, in Telegram's app. Initial coin offerings are very different from traditional fundraisers like IPOs in that you don't own any of the company. So you're not buying equity, you're not buying debt, you're buying these tokens that will give you access to the platform. What most people reckon is that the tokens will go up in value by the time they get to be used. So a secondary market exists for these tokens and investors think they will have increased in value. Jonathan, each of these companies is said to be willing to put in about $20 million worth into the ICO. You've looked at the Telegram white paper, which outlines their plans and found a lot of interesting language in there. Give us a sense of that and also why you think, despite that, this is a pretty attractive proposition for some of these investors. Right. Well, I think it's got some absolutely fantastic language in it. And we do love a sales pitch on Lex. And you certainly get that from Telegram. They're offering you an infinite sharding paradigm whatever that is, achieved through a variant of the Byzantine fault-tolerant protocol. And it's all tremendously impressive. And I feel completely inadequate because I don't really think it makes sense. And I'm sure if I understood it all better, I would. 
I think that the thing about this is that that's pretty standard for ICO marketing documents. They're full of the most fabulous promises and the most tremendous jargon. And the one that I really treasure was one that offered full exposure to the market in a particular cryptocurrency, but with complete safety from market reversals. And you just can't get that with typical initial public offerings of shares probably because it's an unreasonable promise. And the prospectuses that are put out for share offerings are really very carefully monitored by lawyers. They have regulators crawling all over them. And the coin offerings, on the other hand, are completely unregulated. So you can promise anything that you want. What is really interesting is the Silicon Valley investors putting money into it. Because what we're seeing is just at the margins, there's a danger that cryptocurrencies could start to become respectable. Just before Christmas, we saw futures contracts launched in Chicago on cryptocurrencies. We've also seen quite a lot of interest in blockchain technology, which I do think has real legs from some of the big investment banks. And indeed, Switzerland has been saying that it wants to become the crypto nation. You might, if you're rather cynical, think that might be something to do with the fact that they're no longer the tax haven nation. And this could be perhaps a substitute form of income. So I think that as Chloe correctly says, one of the reasons that it does have a little bit of respectability is because these big investors see scope for it because it has this ready-made network. But there are vast caveats, and I'm still really, really sceptical about this. So even though Telegram, which is a particularly attractive option because, as you and Chloe both mentioned, it has this reach. I think it's attractive to these venture capitalists. Personally, I wouldn't put any of my own money in it. I think this is chump change for the people involved. I was going to ask that very question. I mean, $20 million each for those three firms, given the amount of capital they have under management, is not a big bet for them. It's an options play. And the way I look at a lot of these tech investments is it's more of an insurance policy against the possibility that the technology works rather than a very bullish belief that it will. Although, of course, getting those names in your ICO, I'm sure for Telegram, is a pretty big marketing boon for them in terms of the credibility size, isn't it? Yeah, huge coup. Chloe, what's the view in Silicon Valley? This is obviously a sector with ICOs, cryptocurrencies, blockchain, Bitcoin, getting a lot of attention, a lot of interest. How has the piling in of those three firms been taken on the West Coast? I think... What's important to highlight here is that these three firms, whilst they've been incredibly successful in the past at choosing the right companies, they're not what we'd call like native crypto investors. So they haven't had much exposure to cryptocurrency uh, in the past, if, if any, really. So this is a real dipping the toe in the water sort of moment for them. And another thing to mention is that initial coin offerings, because they're sort of meritocratic in that a lot of initial coin offerings are open widely, not just to accredited investors and big investment firms like these. They're open to the general public. And there's a real worry for venture capitalists that they might not be able to take the big stakes in the companies of the future, you know, the Facebooks, the Googles, the Amazons that might come out of this cryptocurrency boom. So for them, I think they feel like they need to make some bets and get involved because they're being circumvented by some of these initial coin offerings. And their traditional model of funding companies is, to some extent, being disturbed by the way that initial coin offerings are run. On the West Coast in general, I think people are constantly talking about cryptocurrencies, but other investors that I've talked to over here don't necessarily rate this ICO as being one that they'd want to participate in. 
They say that the raise is too big. I mean, $1.2 billion is by far and away the most money anyone's ever tried to raise in an ICO. It's coming in two tranches, a $600 million private sale open only to investors who can afford to put $20 million chunks in, and then a public sale where you know you or I could invest if we wanted to buy some tokens. But the claims of the technology, as Jonathan pointed out, the language is colourful, but it also is extremely technically difficult what they're trying to achieve. Having talked to some people who do sort of understand what these words mean, they're very, very sceptical whether or not it can be done in the time frame given. I mean, they think that they can create this entire virtual economy by about the middle of 2019, which is very soon considering no one's really done this before. And the Telegram team have made a big play out of the incredibly sophisticated developers and engineers that they have who've all won, you know, the maths Olympiad several times over and this sort of thing. But once again, they're not necessarily all drawn from the cryptocurrency world. And other investors here who've looked at it tell me they are dubious as to whether or not this can really be done. And the final thing I would mention is that Telegram is currently funded by its founder's own personal wealth. So Pavel Durov sold Vkontakte, which is the Russian equivalent of Facebook, which he had also founded several years ago for a lot of money. And that's what's being burnt up in the running of Telegram. It doesn't have any other revenue streams at the moment. And so a lot of investors are looking at this ICO and saying, well, you know, it kind of looks like a big cash injection for a company that doesn't have any money and might be running out. And I think the other thing that we've got to remember is I've had similar conversations with equal scepticism from people who follow blockchain about the doability. The really big problem for me is if you're creating a frictionless means of exchanging value secretly across borders, nation states are going to come and squash you sooner or later. There's a sort of agreeable drift going on with cryptocurrencies from a regulatory and financial point of view. But for big countries, currencies are an instrument of state policy. They've got predator drones, they've got lawyers, they've got police forces. At some point, if this really spreads and becomes widely adopted, they're going to kill it. Fascinating story that could soon die, but we will be reporting it from both coasts. Chloe Cornish in San Francisco, Jonathan Guthrie here in London. Thanks very much. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. Here at Bellingcat, we get to the bottom of things. From a global crisis to an underreported event, we find the facts using publicly available tools and resources, uncovering what is hidden on and below the surface. We connect the dots using social media posts, satellite images, and public records, and empower others to do the same by sharing how we do it. The ability to do so is only made possible by our readers, supporters, and community members. Care to join us? Learn how at bellingcat.com.